Hello there. Howdy. Uh, it's your girl, Stephanie. Um, and this is my little ditty I like to call Baby Millennial. It's a podcast, uh, you know, where I, a younger millennial, uh, talk about current events, some science stuff. Um, I sometimes feature guests on this. I've had my roommate and good friend Angela on here several, or a couple times, I think now. Uh, but really, it's just a podcast that, uh, typically features me doing some kind of complaining and, uh, shouting and voicing my frustrations out into the void. Um, and, you know, hoping I can make people laugh with my, um antics and uh bullshittery so that's kind of the premise of of the baby millennial podcast uh it's been a couple weeks since i last recorded just have had a lot of stuff going on with my program that i'm in i'm in graduate school for those who don't know or don't know me that's what i do oh jesus christ uh sorry my cat, Coffee, just jumped onto my coffee table. <laughs> coffee on a coffee table, am I right? Uh, and he scared the bejesus out of me. If you hear a little jingle jangle throughout my recordings, that's my cat, Coffee. He just kind of, you know, he just likes to meander around and, and do his business while I do my business. And together we coexist. And he just... Is there leftover fish in my nail? I clean my fingers. I think your I think your scent is off. He has a really bad sense of smell. Um, he's my special little boy. Anyways, <laughs> that's enough about my cat for now. I'm sure he'll pop up in the conversation sometime later. Um, but yeah, this is this is my podcast. And I've been gone for I haven't recorded in a couple weeks because I was preparing for a big uh, qualifying exam for my program. So I did that and I passed. Um, So that's great. Moving on to the next steps in my program. People are like, oh, great. So like people outside of my program and people who don't know like much about the process of, of obtaining your Ph.D., um, are like, oh, so like how many more years now do you have since you've passed this qualifying exam? And I'm just like, uh, I don't know, like three to five more years, hopefully. And they're like, wow, I didn't realize it was that long. And I'm like, yep, (laughs) I just want to stay in academia forever. No, but I do like academia. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like the worst. And, um, yeah, so it's not a really big deal to me. I think it. I just hate being asked about it by some of my relatives. And then they're like, oh, well, you're going to be in school forever. Like, you know, just like kind of like belittling stuff or whatever. Uh, belittling or condescending things because I'm not reaching milestones that they think I should be reaching right now, which include uh, getting married, having children and a family and a house. And it's like, well... <laughs> 
that's probably not really going to ever happen for me, any of those things. Uh, so I'm so sorry to disappoint uh, relatives, both close and distant. Uh, I will not probably ever own a house. That's just not really a thing that I feel like millennials are able to do, especially in the state of California, which I don't really want to leave California. Don't think I'm going to leave you know, if I do, it'd probably be like Oregon or Washington. And even then, we'll see. I'm not leaving the West Coast. At least not forever. Uh, but I don't think that I'll be, you know, able to ever own a house. I don't think that that's something that I'll be able to do. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, it's just... <laughs> there's just... I don't know the numbers for it, per se, but I I don't doubt that it's really fucking hard to own a house, especially when you have as much student loan debt as I do. Uh, but I'm constantly reminded by uh, older generations and even my own parents that everyone has student loan debt and it's going to be fine. But it's like, uh, I don't know, though. I don't know, man. Don't think it will be okay think I'm gonna have these student loans till I drop dead but that's fine because I like what I'm doing and I like you know pursuing even more higher education so to me it uh, doesn't matter and it's not a problem for present Stephanie it's a problem for future Stephanie and I know that I won't be able to buy a house because it usually, I feel like at least in in California, it requires at least two people's incomes. And that usually means you're in some kind of uh, union together. You know, you have a house together. Typically, not always, you can have a house with your friend. You know, that might not be a bad idea. Um, And I've definitely talked to friends about, you know, maybe we should just live together and like, you know, just have our own little lives together and and do that and that'd be fun so maybe that is a possibility maybe I've I have this figured out um but right owning a house usually means uh that you've got multiple incomes uh helping with with home ownership and that usually typically means that there's some kind of union, some kind of marriage, some kind of agreement, right? And I also don't really see that happening for me. Um, I don't really see myself getting married. And it's not like I'm like, oh, I just don't believe in it or anything like that. Uh, I just don't think that, um, someone will marry me, you know what I mean? Like, and be like, Stephanie, but you're so young. You have the rest of your life ahead of you to get married, you know? You have the rest of your life to meet someone, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, except, like, that clock is, like, ticking, I feel like, um, as I approach my 30s. The dating pool keeps getting smaller and so much shittier, and uh, I'm just not going to settle, you know? I'm just not going to settle. I'm not going to do it. And anyways, all the guys that I like are either taken off limits or, you know, uh, afraid of me, apparently, because uh, I guess being a smart, confident, 
a woman who knows who she is is really fucking frightening to uh to straight men which i unfortunately tend to be mostly attracted to um and that's big and scary because you know then they can't project some fantasy onto me fantasy personality onto me and they're like oh, well well what am i trying to say they can't project or control me because like i'm not seeking they know that being a confident person i'm not going to be seeking val like my only source of validation won't be them, you know? And that can be pretty scary, I guess. Um, not saying that all relationships, not all heterosexual... Uh, words? What? I'm not saying that all heterosexual... Oh my god. I am not saying that all heterosexual... There we go. Relationships uh, involve a controlling dude and a insecure woman I that's not what I'm saying but I am saying that it does happen a lot and I feel like guys are really turned off by that and turned off by someone who's confident and uh you know doesn't require validation just f- from them um so that being said because I am the way that I am uh, that scares men, and they don't want anything to do with me, so that's cool, <laughs> uh, that's fine, because, um, yeah, that's fine, I'm chilling. anyways, so yes, I don't think I'll be able to buy a house for many reasons, one of them being because you usually need somebody, somebody's income, like a joint income situation, and, I don't think I'll even have that. Like, I don't think I will be in any kind of union. I don't, I don't anticipate being wed. Sorry to my parents, but I'll be okay. Um, and like I said, it's not because I'm swearing off marriage or anything. It's just, I don't anticipate as I continue on in my PhD program and continue on, uh, you know, existing, and aging and not being not having this youthful glow anymore or whatever because uh also straight men typically like to uh date younger women or younger looking women and guess what like I'm at age so <laughs> I think that I have those two things working against me uh and so I shan't be wed um but I look forward to going to everyone's weddings I love a wedding I'm going to one in October my best friend's sister who's been like a bigger sister older sister to me I don't have any older siblings so I am excited about that so I do I am excited for people's weddings I'm not gonna be like ew weddings ew love ew marriage um but yeah wow we've already gone on such a fucking tangent I haven't really introduced what I wanted to talk about on this episode which I really don't know what I want to talk about. I think there's a lot of stuff that has transpired since I last recorded. Oh, dinner burp number one. Um, also, on these episodes, I tend to have dinner burps. It's just like one burp. It's never really loud, but uh, I do have to take a second to collect myself after belching silently into the abyss. Um... 
But yeah, so... Shit. Oh, coffee. I... Why do you have to pick the weirdest places to get comfortable? Can you get comfy, please? Can you get comfy? Yes, you. Please. Please get comfortable. Why are you looking at me? I'm just saying get comfortable. Because if you keep moving around, you're going to make noise and the the recording's going to pick it up. Okay. Fuck. Where was I? Uh, oh, there's just a lot of stuff that has transpired in the past couple of weeks. So I'm, I've been like debating what I really want to talk about. I think there's like a lot of things that I want to talk about. So there's no real true outline for today's episode. I don't even really know what I want to title it. I have some ideas, but we'll see at the end of this recording. Um, but yeah, so great. I'm so glad we started off with such a very, such a positive anecdote. It's not meant to be negative. Like, I'm not trying to be like a woe is me. I don't think I'll ever get a house or I don't think I'll ever get married or, you know, I'm going to be single forever. I'm not trying to be woe is me about it. I'm just saying matter of factly, I'm just looking at all of the evidence I have in front of me and I'm thinking, you know, Steph, realistically, probably not going to happen, you know, because bitches are scared of you. You're so scary. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Don't. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to have a pity party for myself. I already did that the other day. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's just. To, to be in a relationship, you kind of have to date. And I really don't want to. I really don't. I had tinder for a week recently a week and i deleted it again uh and that was the only dating app that i had for for like since i think last september when i still had one date i think i just had tinder at that time uh yeah don't like it i just it's just a whole thing and I just don't care it's exhausting to put yourself out there and to just be consistently disappointed and you know people are like well why don't you just go for why don't you just go on dates with like people who say that they want something like serious or whatever in their bios or whatever but it's like I don't know it just doesn't work out that way and I really just don't I hate online dating Ugh, it's just not the business so that being said like obviously I mean like you can meet people other places and since the world I guess is opening back up uh, a little little too soon if you ask me um, from this pandemic yeah there's more opportunities to meet people I guess it's just like I'm not actively looking you know, it's just exhausting. I put myself out there a lot during 2020, as I mentioned, um, in like a, in like a couple episodes ago, but if you're listening to my little podcast for the first time, I mentioned how like in 2020, I 
was really putting myself out there and was shooting my shot with every romantic or dating interaction I had. I was making the moves. I Like, I would make the first moves. I would text, you know, you up. No, I didn't say that, but pretty close to it. Like, <laughs> uh... So, I, yeah, I just, I made all the moves in 2020, and guess what? It got me a lot of, uh, a lot of learning lessons, for sure. I've learned a lot, uh, and, and the lessons I've learned are that I'm not gonna make the first move anymore, because it's evident to me that I'm coming in with maybe some feelings, you know, and I express those feelings, and people, are like, oh, so you want to fuck me? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's part of it, but I also like you. And they're like, yeah, I like you too. And then, <laughs> and then, and then we fuck, and then they're like, ooh, just kidding. I don't have the emotional bandwidth for this. I don't have the emotional capacity, which is fine, but it's just like, don't fucking, don't lie about it. Like, if you want to just hook up, then say that up front. And chances are, I'll probably still hook up with you. But it's like, just be fucking up front with your intentions. Like, stop wasting people's time. I mean, I'm not waiting around by the phone like, oh my god, I hope that person that I hooked up with and have feelings for text me. Like, after a while, like, no response is a response, and I'm gonna be like, all right, let's move along, Steph. That was, you learned a lesson, and the lesson was people want to fuck you, but they don't want to date you. Um, so, that's that, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, gosh, I just am sounding like such a negative Nancy. I'm not trying to. It's just, once again, all matters of fact, you know? Observations I've had, uh, in the, in the few times I've been dating in the last year. Um, but I actually have not been dating anyone, like, at all. You know, none of that, none of that, like, talking bullshit either. Um, and I've not, (laughs) I've not done any of that. So, like, none of it, you know, nothing for six months. And that's the longest time I've gone without even, like, kind of, like, the talking stages with anyone since I was, uh, 16, So I'm pretty proud of myself, you know, uh, not putting yourself out there will do that for you. (laughs) But I also just like, I'm just not entertaining, uh, things that I'm like, it's not worth it, you know? So yeah, that's where I've been at with that. And let me say six months without dealing with mediocre men has been really refreshing. So I'm proud of myself for that. I don't know. It's just a small milestone. That being said, I'm really fucking touch starved. And uh, sometimes it's so bad. I literally can't focus on on work because I just want to be yeeted across uh, the room and just, for lack of a better word, manhandled. Um, but it's okay. I'm chilling most days. Um... So yeah, so what uh what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about, Stephanie? It's almost twenty minutes in, and you just are uh, are just kind of being uh 
a negative Nancy. Well, I did make some notes, so let me let me get to it. Okay. All right. So there's a couple things that I a couple notes that I wanted to like of topics that I was like, yeah, we can talk about this. This is cool, I guess. Maybe is entertaining to people listening. If you're still listening after I bitched for 20 minutes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh I've been going through it, okay? Like it's been it's been a time. Uh you would think by passing my my qualifying exam I'd feel relieved and and you know, chipper and and happy, but um I'm not. <laughs> uh I I passed. I didn't score very great. Um and I just like kind of had a meeting with a faculty member that was on my committee as well as my own boss. And they both echoed a similar sentiment that I essentially should be really considering and thinking hard if if doing a PhD is what I ultimately want to do. Which really sucks to hear. Uh, because I thought I was working really hard this quarter uh, while I TA'd, did some bench work, and prepared for my qualifying exam, which most people, when they're prefer- preparing for their qualifying exam, don't do any bench work, aren't usually TAing, and they, and they have they set aside a month or two for preparing for the qual. So when I hear that I should think hard about if a PhD is right for me, hearing that I scored low, hearing my boss say literally verbatim, if I was on your committee with your score that you scored, I wouldn't pass you. That's so discouraging. And I am not trying to be sensitive because there are things that I need to work on and I'm not naive to that. And there are always ways I can improve as a scientist. But I think that if you're gonna provide feedback and mentor your student, you probably should be constructive about it and not so discouraging in your in your phrases, I guess. And it was really discouraging. So I've been pretty down bad from that. Um, like, I don't even really feel like I can celebrate passing because I'm like, yeah, I did the bare, I feel like I just did the bare minimum and like that I'm not anything exceptional. Um, and it just sucks. Like, having your boss, like, tell you, you know, you should really think about if this is, you know, basically, like, makes making me think, like, do I belong here? Like, do I belong in this program? Because I am not meeting the goals, I guess, that my boss has for me. Um, and I thought I was. I mean, I can admit when there are slip-ups, and I do... But it's just frustrating because I feel like there's this idea among the faculty where I go to school 
and in my program where they're like mental health is so important like you really need to advocate for yourself as a student in in grad school your mental health is so important and it's like great I'm so glad that you know our bosses are really taking our mental health into account but at the same fucking time they turn around and like say, yeah, mental health is important, but I actually need you to work like 60 hours a week and I need you to go home and just read for hours on end. You don't have a life outside of grad school. Um, figure it out. Like, but oh, your mental health work. Like your mental your mental health is important. So which is it? You know, like you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you can be the bad guy who bullies your students into doing all this fucking work all the time but say that you're like just stick to that don't don't put this fucking narrative that you're you care about students mental health because you don't you know what I mean like you don't and I'm sure you want to think that you do but I feel like it's really performative like really fucking performative oh I care about my students mental health no you don't you really don't and there's this whole thing in STEM with with faculty, like, and their students and their grad students, I mean. And, uh, you know, this whole, I, you know, their journey is so different than ours. And, and they like to bring that up. They're like, well, I suffered through grad school. And look at me now. I'm successful. And it's like, why would you? So, like, because you suffered you think it's okay to make your students suffer? Why wouldn't you want to do better? Why wouldn't you want to make a more sustainable environment for everyone? You know? Because this still is serving, this attitude is still serving those who have financial, more financial support, have more support at home, like uh, like having a partner who is sharing responsibilities w- with you, you know, like just simple l- responsibilities that people, that adults have to do every day. I come home from working all day. I'm the one who has to make myself dinner. I'm the one who has to take care of my cats. Fine, I don't mind doing that. I got the cats and I understand the responsibility, But it's like I still have to do all of these things by myself, for myself. And that's not always the case with, like, PIs, you know, our bosses and um, other grad students who have have a support system at home. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting the point across here. It's just really frustrating to be told that people care about one thing but it's so performative and it's evident now and you're just like cool um but yeah uh haven't really spoke one-on-one to my boss since that meeting and it really sucks and I've and I've been dreading our next meeting because I just, like, don't feel great about it. Like, I feel like a fucking failure. And I know I shouldn't. I know there are things that I, I've i done that are good. And I I know that I'm smart. But the imposter syndrome is already so strong in grad school. To have your superior say 
tell you that you need to think about if a PhD is right for you, tell you that if she were on your qualifying exam committee and I, and you scored that low, that she wouldn't pass you, to have your boss say that you're unmotivated. And I just don't understand where she's getting all of this from because... I have a lot of responsibilities this quarter. And I'm only one person. And I could sacrifice my mental health more than I already do to be this perfect grad student who does everything my PI wants. But guess what? (laughs) I might not make it out alive. So consider that. Consider that. It's a huge bummer, and I'm not trying to continue this negative narrative of my podcast. I'm just trying to say what's been going on in my life. Uh, But I think the next step, uh, for me at least, is to advocate for myself and very clearly state uh, that what was said was not super appropriate and I'd like to be the best grad student I can be but uh and I appreciate constructive criticism but some of the stuff that was said was not very constructive and actually really hurtful and um is not really great mentorship shit to say so wish me luck on that will I get kicked out of the program I don't know we'll see just sucks because I want to do, I, I want to get my PhD. I really love the science I do. It sucks to have, be told that I'm not motivated or that, yeah, I don't know. It's a bummer. And it makes you think that you're doing everything wrong. I'm not saying that I'm doing everything right, but I don't think I'm doing everything wrong. So anyways, that's that. So that's been fun. There's just been a lot of instances of people lately like saying one thing behaving another way and then somehow I'm still and I'm still at fault and uh it's been a lot so that's been fun anyways that was one thing oh dinner burp number two (laughs) oh my gosh I like how I said that you can never really hear my dinner burps and then you heard that I'm so sorry (laughs) it was more of a hiccup burp I'm sorry um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's that. Um, I guess I kind of touched on this a little bit, but the second thing, like the note that I have, um, that I've kind of talked to other people in my program that are, that are single, like don't have a, you know, a life partner that they're doing, you know, life with, uh, is this idea that grad students can do it all. Like we can't. Like, I try my hardest, but there's one, there's some aspect in my life that suffers every day because I can't do it all. You know what I mean? And most of the time, that's my free time and well-being that suffers. Um, and it's just hard. You know, I, like I said, I go, I work all day. I go home. I make myself dinner. I, you know, I clean up after everything and 
like I'm, you know, I'm doing it on my own, which is fine. And I can do it. It's just that there are, I, uh, you know, there are other grad students, postdocs, PIs that, that go home and have help, like have some relief. And, uh, I just want to say, I guess, check that privilege <laughs> a little bit, uh, cause it's hard out here for us, uh, single, single grad students, um, in academia, but, you know, it's just something I've thought about. I'm like, damn, it would be so nice to just, like, come home and, like, have someone, like, help you make dinner. Not even, like, make you dinner. I mean, that would be incredible, too, but, like, you know, just, like, help you with dinner, like, have someone to, like, talk to, and, I mean, I kind of have that because I have, five roommates so usually one of them is like chilling and we kind of just chill um but also like just having someone like give you like one thing I'll say that is like damn like when I'm laying in bed like getting ready for bed I'm like fuck I wish I had someone to give me a massage my body hurts and I just want to feel relaxed please or just someone to like play with my hair because that's relaxing too uh instead I just I just give some pets to my cat coffee and he gets all the all the affection and the touching and that's okay yeah huh buddy huh you good boy are you good (laughs) you're so cute are you sweepy are you sweepy? Are you a sweepy baby? Okay, I'll stop. Um, but yeah, so I guess that was the other note I wanted to make. Uh, once again, everything is sounding really negative. I'm not trying to make it that way. It's just observations. Uh, you know, my siblings will tell you that I, I mean, I used to be really fucking pessimistic. Um, and I'd like to attribute that to years of, like, undiagnosed anxiety disorder, as well as disordered eating and, uh, childhood trauma that I didn't work through. So I was just a pessimist. You know, now I'm just, like, more of a realist, I feel like. Is that still pessimism? I don't know. It can be. Um, I try to be, I feel like I am hopeful and I don't always expect the worst nowadays, but I'm also realistic and I'm just sharing, you know, experiences and sometimes those experiences are really negative and, and that's what I'm doing here, I guess. I'm just having a, a little negative Nancy moment, so, um... But, I mean, I guess I'm also sharing these experiences because I do have other friends that are grad students that listen to this. And if I could, you know, make people feel less alone with with sharing and oversharing my thoughts, then then I feel pretty good about that. And I feel like my bitching is for nothing. Is not... Oh, gosh, that's a double negative. My bitching isn't... Okay, hold on. Oof, let me think about this. This is this is some word play right here. That, fuck, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that I would be happy because it would mean that my bitching isn't for 
nothing? Yes. Decipher that if you want. I think that that is appropriate, what I'm saying. I think that it, there's a double negative, but it's it makes sense. If not, please write to me and be like, Stephanie, how did you make it this far when you don't know how to do English? And I'll be like, I don't know. Uh, luck and my white privilege, I guess, which for sure have definitely played a role in my advancing into where I am today. But that's besides the point. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to, that I've written down in my notes to talk about is like this weird phenomenon that I see on social media and like a couple people share it a lot, like their frustration when they see this stuff, but millennial parents, (laughs) I don't know why, but they like post stuff, like no one asks them and it'll be like millennial, like nobody, millennial parents, you think you're tired? Try having a, try having a toddler and a infant. I haven't slept in three fucking years. That was dinner burp number three. I haven't slept in three fucking years. You're in your twenties and you live alone and party all the time. Like you're not that tired. Like, you know, just, just millennial parents discrediting other people's stress especially people their age that don't have children (laughs) and it's like bitch did anyone force you to have a child well you know we might be getting there on fucking fortunately uh because uh the country and the world hates women and wants to control our bodies but whoo getting off tangent don't want to get spicy stuff Talking about repro rights for women, because she'll she'll have some choice words to fucking say, but that's for another time. Anyways, it's like no one is forcing you to have kids. Like these are people that are the people that are complaining are obviously like married and like this was a choice to have children. They have children. They started a family. Great. I'm happy for you that that was that's what you wanted. So it's what you wanted, and and, and that's what you get. Sorry. Like why? Why do you just get to be tired and no one else does? Like, you don't know people's lives. So stop being a snarky bitch about it. Stop being a crying baby about it. It's just weird. Like, no one asks. And, like, and millennial parents are like, you think you're tired? <laughs> I haven't had a day off since <laughs> for 10 years. It's like, then don't have kids. Don't have kids then. I don't know when to tell you. That's a full life response. That's like a full time responsibility for the rest of your life. You know, you could have got a cat. Those you start out with the cat. If you're like super easy, super independent, not too bad. Then move on to a dog, like get yourself a puppy and then realize, oh, yeah, this is a lot of responsibility. Like I can't just do things on my own like all the time because I have this thing to take care of. And then I guess if you're like, you know what, I'm okay with sacrificing my um, sleep and my time and a lot of my money uh, for for a biological or not biological offspring, then fucking go for it. But just know that you're you're in it. You're in it for the rest of your life. So I just... I, Bringing it back to the phenomenon of millennial parents, like, acting like uh, their lives are so hard. And it, it, I, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But I'm the oldest of six. 
And my youngest brother was born when I was 16. And wow, thank you, mom. Great birth control. I was like, fuck this. Fuck that. I don't want a child anytime soon. And to be honest, at this point in my life, um, there's no one that I'm seeing that I would want to procreate with. Um, And I think the only chance of having a child in my womb would be if one of my sisters needed a surrogate um or if I had uh friends who could not conceive and and wanted me to be a surrogate um that would be the only thing yeah so but that's that's at this time so don't come at me with you might want kids later Stephanie it's like well I've grown up with kids my entire life and they're great. I love my siblings so much. Um, but there's just, it's a lot. (laughs) And I have a lot in my head and it's taken me a lot of time to get to the place where I am, where I'm like, okay, I can function as an adult. This is good. I don't know how I could ever be a mom because I am still working out, you know, uh, how to be kind to myself how do you how do you be kind to an entire human being you know and i feel like i would be one of the people that gets postpartum depression which um would suck so anyways we're back on the negative nancy train all aboard stephanie's your conductor and she's taking you down with her woo or more like woot woot because <laughs> it's a train, get it? <laughs> Coffee, I'm sorry, am I waking you up? He's looking at me like, God, mother, I'm so tired, you're being so loud. Sorry, I'm sorry. He's laying on my laptop right now. As as a cat does, you know. They do they do be laying on devices and paper. If you have like paper out, they're like Ah, yes, a carpeted floor. But what is this? What is this? A paper? I must fit my entire body on it. Wow, exquisite. The contrast of the soft, plush carpet and this crisp, white piece of paper. Mmm, feels so good on my little toe beans. Hot coffee, you know. You know. It feels good, huh? Laying on paper. You like to do it. You like to do that, huh? All right. Well, those were the notes that I had uh, for random things. Random joyful things, right? Uh, so I guess in this next uh, next segment, we're going to just talk about some more anecdotes. And, and I hope that I can... Uh, bring you some entertainment and bring you some joy because so far I've been such a such a poo butt I've been so sad Mm. um okay so this is a funny story and it just happened on Friday so uh if you don't know me um I am a very tatted up person meaning I have a lot of tattoos I I just I started getting a lot more in the past year and like Stephanie what money with like with what money (laughs) haha money I don't have that's the secret but guess what if you're gonna guilt me about spending my money on tattoos when I don't have money to spend on it uh it's the one thing that brings me joy 
or one of the things that brings me joy. And it makes me more comfortable existing in my skin when I have these tattoos. Like, just feels like like a layer of armor, and I feel more confident, and I feel good. So, you know, that's what I do. Anyways, I have a lot of tattoos, and on Friday, I was getting a tattoo on my knee, like like on the kneecap, around the knee, like straight on the fucking knee. And the knee is supposed to be a super painful spot. And I have tattoos in in high ouchy spots. I have a tattoo down my sternum. I have a tattoo directly on my ribs, like the front of my ribs under my chest. And then I have uh, tattoos down my side, down my thigh, on both of my feet, um, on my back, you know, just, like, well, I guess the back's not really ouchy, depending, but, like, I have ouchy spots that are tatted, and it hurts more than, like, non-ouchy spots. I mean, it's all ouchy, okay? You're getting, your skin is being traumatized consistently for periods of time with a needle and ink, like, it's not a, it's not, like, a cakewalk, Actually, we'll redact that because I learned that cakewalk is actually not a great thing to say. Um, and I forget why, but look that up. <laughs> so, redacted. Um, but, but, yeah, getting tattooed on any part of your body is not, like, an easy thing. It hurts. But the knee is supposed to be terrible. And so, to to preemptively mitigate the pain that I was going to be under while getting the knee tattoo, I thought to myself, you know what? You should take some tincture. And I'm talking about the shmarijuana tincture or THC, I guess. Um, obviously I know so much shmarijuana lingo as a new stoner, but, uh, please bear with me. So I took some tincture and I'm like, this is going to be so lit, literally. It's going to be fine. You're going to be great. It's going to be so good. Like you are going to be fucking set. You're going to be flying high, not going to feel super painful. Great, right? Super good. So... Oh, dinner burp number three, four, I don't know. Um, so we, I get there, you know, tincture hasn't hit, it takes a little bit longer than if you were like, yeah, you know, anyways, it takes a second. So I'm sitting on the, um, you know, I'm swinging my knee over the edge of the table where my artist is. He's got the stencil on. We're ready to go. <laughs> That's when, so I'm sitting there, and that's when the tincture starts to hit, and I'm like, fuck, I am high. So he starts outlining. It's a, it's a big rose that's uh, on my kneecap, and it's uh, just black with, like, you know, gray, black shading. That's kind of usually how most of my tattoos are, um, like, just black ink and shading. I have a couple color tattoos, but not too many. And T-Ways. So, um, oh, fuck. Where am I at? Okay. Um, oh shit, hold on a second. Whew, okay. I had to stop the recording because the app that I use to record things, uh, makes you stop at 60 minutes and I was at 46 minutes already. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. Um, anyways, okay, so getting back to the tattoo story. So, I took tincture. It's hitting in. I'm like, whoa, bro, whoa, dude, I am, like, 
a little too stoned for this. And and when I get, you know, too stoned, I'm pretty antisocial and I kind of just like to be by myself and watch funny YouTube videos or funny things, just funny stuff, weird stuff, uh, eat a bunch of cookies and just pass out. That's like my ideal time. Like I just really get stoned in the evening before bed so I can have a nice little nightcap. That's what, that's ideal. But that's not obviously what I'm doing here. I took tincture for a tattoo. It was a recipe for disaster. So, so I'm, I'm chilling and oh boy, oh boy, is it already so painful. And I'm like, yeah, this is breaking through my high right now. So this sucks. Uh, but oh boy, did it get worse. (laughs) Both pain wise and just the situation because I'm sitting there and I'm a little, and I am high. So I'm like, I am trying to, you know, what's real and what's not real. And we're talking, we're chatting. I've been tattooed by this artist uh, a handful of times. So, you know, we're pretty comfortable with each other. And I start to feel like very cloudy in my head. Like I start to feel really warm. Uh, And like I'm starting to get this yucky feeling in my stomach. And I recognize the feelings that I'm feeling. I'm about to faint. <laughs> I'm about to pass out. Um, I I have had sensitive situations like with getting blood drawn. Um, sometimes even just like uh, visiting the uh, OB Jin, OBGYN, um, when there's some things that they have to do, you know, to check your... Uh, check the vaginal canal and cervix and stuff uh, that's really invasive and uncomfortable and sometimes like I get in my head and I'm like I'm gonna pass out um, so I, I'm sensitive to that kind of stuff anyways I've never passed out for, like I've never felt queasy I've never felt like I'm gonna faint in a tattoo no matter how painful it's been So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is not happening right now. This is so embarrassing. I was the only one in the shop. It was just me and the the artist, uh, thankfully. So I'm starting to not feel great. I'm like, you know what? You can fight through this. (laughs) You can fight through it. Just, like, do some deep breaths, you know. When you start to regulate your breathing, if you're, like, one, super drunk and about to throw up, or two, about to pass out, that's when you know it's not going to help. Like, you just know it's not, it might not help. Um, so I'm, like, deep breathing, and I'm like, yeah, bitch, it's not happening. So before I actually go unconscious, I say my artist's name. I'm like, hey, I need to lay down. So he stops. I immediately, like, scoot back on the table, lay down. Uh, I'm sweating at this time. He looks at me. He gets up. He looks at me. He's like, yeah, girl, you're green in the face. <laughs> and I was like, great. He's like, did you eat today? And I I shoot out, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I ate. And he's like, all right, well, do you like Reese's peanut butter cups or Snickers? And then I said Snickers, and he went to, like, the convenience store that was next door and got me a Snickers, some water. You know, this isn't his first rodeo. Um but it was mine, and I just chilled, ate a, ate the Snickers, drank some water, I could feel the color come back in my face, he's like, yeah, you're looking better, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, that's never happened, and, 
like, he was really kind about it. Um, but I think it, and then I was like, honest, I was like, you know, I said I ate today, but like, I had two Pop-Tarts and a power bar. And this was at like, six o'clock at night. (laughs) So I didn't really eat. And I'm on tincture. Oh, at this time, not high anymore at all. Yeah, that fucking didn't happen. That broke that. So I'm not high anymore. And I'm like getting tattooed in the most painful spot. And like, I can't lay down. And usually like, I've laid down for more of my painful tattoos, but it's because where the tattoo was, like, I had to lay down. But for this, I have to bend my knee over, and I had to kind of, like, straddle aside the side of the, the bench. Anyway, so that was, like, 20 minutes in. So we're not even finished with the outline. Um, so, you know, I was, I was feeling better. We worked through it. Um... We did, yeah, the outline, all the shading and stuff. It took about three hours. And, you know, the last hour I kind of was just gritting my teeth, uh, clenching my butt cheeks, and I would press my ear onto my shoulder like my arm was holding myself up. I was just, like, quiet, and he was quiet, and we were just trying to get through it because I was in so much fucking pain. I wanted to, like, I wasn't going to faint again, but I was going to, like, I felt like I was going to throw up because I was, it was so painful. Um, but I did it and it's really cute. It's still healing. Um, I'm not going to do something. I wasn't planning on doing something on my other kneecap unless it was something above and below maybe, but not like directly or like on my kneecap, like this one was. And having this tattoo done solidified that decision. I will not be getting another tattoo directly on my other kneecap. Holy shit. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. I mean, like, here's the thing though. It looks fucking cool. Like, I love it. Um, but oh my god, it fucking hurt. (laughs) So no pain, no gain, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I fainted while getting this tattoo. Um, or I was about to faint. Um, which has never happened. So I, that can happen to you, I guess. It happened to me. Anyways, so that was a fun little, little story. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, I recently got my septum pierced. That wasn't bad. Um, it's something I've wanted for a while, but because of the pandemic and, and piercing shops not being able to do under the mask piercings, um, that has not been an option, even if you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated. I understand, um, you know, you want your, your piercers to be, I think they're waiting for, oh, dinner burp, yep, excuse me, oh, and then a yawn, oh my gosh, excuse me, that is really rude, um, I think that, you know, they want piercers and tattoo artists to be vaccinated as well before, you know, even if they're still wearing a mask, if you're breathing on them for a little bit, like, you know, breathing air into the, to the shop. It's reasonable is what I'm getting at. It's, it's reasonable. I understand that. I'm not trying to be like, no, like, why can't you do this? Um, but so I was able to get that pierced and that was actually a pretty easy piercing. Um, less painful than my nostrils for sure um and it's healing really fast too and I really love it so I have that now so that'll be fun when my dad sees me because uh I feel like 
The last time he saw me was really briefly. Um, and he's going to be like, but you got all these tattoos and piercings. Now no man will really ever marry you. <laughs> and I mean, hey, I'm, I guess I'm separating myself from the male gaze every day. I'm not trying to. I just feel, you know, I guess in, in my, my true form was always going to be some kind of alternative e looking style you know i think that you don't have to be defined by a certain style or anything and i don't think that i am like i have days where i like to dress super feminine and i have days that i'm like i want to dress like a little skater boy <laughs> you know just like some graphic tees and some sneakers and just whatever oh my god you're so unique stephanie like no one has ever thought of that before like oh my gosh please tell us more about how unique you are with your style i realize how annoying i sound so i'm sorry um but yeah, so those are some new body mods that I have, and I'm pretty happy about them. My knees still, I mean, it's in the process where it's like really dry and like crackling, crackling, cracking, um, uh, because you know my body is forming, my skin's forming a scab, so yeah, so it's a little crusty right now. Um, what like what else is there? to say I've done a lot of reflecting um and there are always things I'm like oh shit I should bring this up on the podcast just like you know stories from my past that I just think are funny like you ever remember something from your childhood and you're like holy shit I I completely forgot about that like how did I forget about this and you're and you're starting to remember like the the memory and like kind of trans like what's the word not transform you like transport transport that's the one (laughs) you're like transported back into this memory you can start to smell the smells you can you start to look around and you you kind of see you know what I mean like you're transported to this memory and it feels like you're there and you're feeling the things that are happening in that memory again Um, and I've had a lot of those lately that are, you know, some are sad, some are scary, and some are just funny. When I was a, how old was I? Mm, 11 or 12. Uh, no. This is, yeah, no, this has got to be 12 years old. Uh, when I was 12 years old, um, my parents had divorced when I was about 10-ish and my mom remarried when I was 12 and so every other weekend we would go my three siblings at the time which are my three full biological siblings for my mom and my dad uh, we would go every other weekend to my dad's house and then we would mostly live with my mom and my stepdad and um, obviously every other weekend we would spend with them um I was 12 and uh I was just kind of a shit kid, but not even really shitty, like, just kind of, you know, I just wasn't happy child, really, all the time, 
well, I mean, not that I have to be happy all the time, but you know, like I, it was noticeable to my parents that I was not happy, you know, and obviously the divorce had a lot to do with that. And the, you know, the, it was a messy situation and my parents put me and my siblings in situations where, uh, you know, they just weren't great. Um, because they were fighting with each other, but whatever, that's besides the point. I was a, I was a punk kid. And so being a punk kid, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be grown up so bad. And I want to get out of this hat. Like I want to be on my own. It would be so amazing to live alone. I was just really thinking about how I always would think about just running away and like somehow coming upon an abandoned house that was like perfect and had all the amenities that still worked and I can just squat there and it was just such a fantasy um that i realize now like i really wanted to escape from from you know stuff that was triggering my anxiety which was which was just being called uh i was just being called over dramatic and being sensitive um by my parents and my siblings so i was like okay i guess there's just something wrong with me so <laughs> uh anyways getting to the motherfucking point. So I'm being a punk kid. I'm 12 years old. I'm at my dad's apartment and my siblings are asleep. Um, and I was like, what if I just like trying to take my dad's car to downtown? Uh, what if I just did that and like just lived my little adult life? And I'd never driven a car before. I'm 12 years old. I've never really sat in the driver's seat and done anything. So I get in his FJ Cruiser. You know, I, I take the the window screen out. I sneak out of the, you know, we lived on the first floor of his apartment. So we, I got out. I went, I took his car keys. He was passed out on the couch. And I went into his car. And I thought I had turned it on. But I didn't know that you had to step on the brake to actually... Uh, turn at least for this vehicle to get the the car to start so I really just had like the radio on and I was like why can't I go like why can't I reverse like why can't I do uh oh sorry scratch my phone why can't I do any of this like how do I go <laughs> and so I just kind of sat there and I listened to music in his car and just uh hung out and after 30 minutes of me trying to figure out how to start the car, I was like, this is stupid. And I went back in, put the screen back on, put his keys away. The next morning, he asked if I was in his car last night. And I said, yeah, I was just listening to music. And he's like, why would you, like, can you ask next time? Like, that's kind of, he was very lenient. If this was my mom, she would have grounded my ass uh, indefinitely because one, she'd be like, you just walked out of the front door. Like, you basically snuck out. Um, Because I would, you know, I would try to lie and be like, oh, I just walked out of the front door and I meant to go listen to music in your car. Like, yeah. My mom would be like, yeah, no, you weren't. Like, you were trying to drive off and do stuff. Um, But he was lenient. And I just think it's really, it's a stupid story, but I think about it a lot. And I'm like, what if I had driven? Like, I could have really gotten hurt. <laughs> like, what would the fuck was I thinking? Why did I think like that was a reasonable thing to do? Um, 
so yeah, it was just a, I've, I've been like having those memories here and there and I'm like, what? And I'm just like instantly transported into that, that memory and that feeling and, and yeah, and it's wild. Um, as I like approach my 10 year high school reunion, not, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. I don't know if there will be a high school reunion. Cause like, what does that look like for millennials? You know what I mean? Like millennials and, and zillennials and Gen Z, like, what does that look like? Because we all have social media and we've all kept tabs, you know, we can, or you can keep tabs on, on people you went to school with, um, through social media. So it just seems, you know, weird to have a reunion, but whatever. I digress. But I am approaching, um, in, in 2022, it'll, it will have been 10 years since I've graduated high school. <laughs> and yeah, so I've just been thinking a lot about, about, you know, times in, in high school, mostly my times in theater in high school, cause I did musical theater uh, and theater just in general for, that was like my hobby that's what I was, you know, okay at. I was, you know, I, I did the thing. I, you know, I had fun. Um, so I've just been thinking about those memories and just interesting stuff that, like, transpired during high school and how much I've changed and, um, like, yeah. I don't know, just thinking about that stuff since it's like approaching the like 10 years since I've graduated. I can't think of anything in particular right now that's unique, that sticks out to me that I haven't already, you know, said on any of my previous episodes, like especially when I talked about my time as a a thespian, which is a theater aficionado. I don't know. What is the definition of thespian? I'm not sure. Anyways, it's a theater person, basically. Um, yeah, I feel like I've already shared a lot of a lot of my high school memories because all my memories that I have are mostly just me being in the theater. Um, I already did that in an episode, so I don't feel like there's anything novel there. Um, but yeah, I will say one memory that. I have been thinking about is the summer before I came to my new program, I had been living in the place where I did my undergrad. And I'd been living there for seven years. Um, and I remember thinking like, I don't know when I lived there and before I, before I moved, I had been in a serious relationship and it was my only, like, my very big serious relationship. It's the only person I've dated that I'm like, yeah, I could marry this person, you know? And, and, um, but, but things didn't work out and I didn't realize they weren't working out until I (laughs) self-sabotaged the relationship which, you know, wasn't fair to him, but he's also a narcissist, so, um, he would be fine either way, and he would have a girlfriend a month after I broke up with him, so I think he's fine 
think he's doing okay. <laughs> but I don't know, I just think a lot about about me back in in that space uh 2 years ago. And how much stuff has changed and how much I've changed and how like if my you know, if that ex had seen had seen me now, he'd be like, "Oh, good good riddance like look at what she's become I guess like on the exterior I'm not I don't think aesthetically pleasing to him anymore which is fine because I feel pretty hot I feel like I look pretty good uh but he literally cried over a tattoo I got and he really didn't want me to get a nostril piercing so uh now I have three nostril piercings and a septum piercing so that's why I would assume that he would be like ew disgusting I'm glad I didn't pers- keep you know dating her which is fine uh but it's just interesting to think about and I'm like damn like I really I like physically look different I feel different uh I have more of a spine now so that's cool um it's just interesting, just doing a lot of reflection, you know? I think that's a fun part as you approach your 30s to reflect on the past decade because you, is this the correct word? More cognizant? Hold on, now I need to look it up. Cognizant, cognizant, cognizant. <laughs> the last thing I googled on my phone was when is cancer season 2021 because I hate this fucking I hate Gemini season. It's been a fucking mess. I hate it. I want it to be over. Not like cancer season's much better, but I don't know. Am I blaming all my problems on astrology? You bet your ass. Well, not all of them, but okay. What was I looking up? Cognizant. Cognizant. Oh my god, yes, I'm a fucking genius. I know what the word cognizant means. (laughs) I'm using it in the right context. But now I forgot what I was saying. Shit. Hmm. Wow, what a bummer. I really went on a, took you guys on a ride. And you're listening, thinking like, Stephanie, you were talking about this. But I can't hear you. And I'm just recording this. So I really don't know what I said. But just know that I use cognizant in the correct context. And for me, I feel like a winner. You know, um, anyways, this has gone on way too long for just a solo episode. Solo meaning it's just me talking, not, you know, having a guest on here to have, uh, you know, friendly banter with. And that usually takes a lot of time. So I hope that you enjoyed me uh, complaining as usual. I do hope that you know, if you're in a similar situation, not even like necessarily grad school, because I think that we all have instances where higher ups or our bosses have this, you know, have a meeting with you and say some stuff that's not super constructive. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? And imposter syndrome like amplifies and you feel like a failure and you feel like you know, things are crumbling down. Like, if that has happened to you, like, and I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people here and there in their lives, regardless of, you know, I'm I'm not trying to make this just about grad school. I think this is applicable to multiple uh, careers. And, you know, even, like, 
situations with family, having someone like verbally be disappointed in you when you don't think that you've made enough of a stink to have someone be disappointed in you is such a bummer. And it's really debilitating if you've already got so much going on and so much you're kind of like working through and you already feel like an imposter in your position so it's just like fuck (laughs) that sucks so I hope that me sharing that with you and everything else that I shared you know if you can relate to it I hope you find some solace in it um and, you know, it. I hope it gives you the courage to talk about it with someone if you haven't talked about what's been bugging you. Because talking about your feelings and, and everything that's going on, like, helps. Even if you're journaling it and not, you know, talking to anyone, um, it helps to get it out. So, yeah. Anyways... I hope you enjoyed. I am going to go to bed because I have a lot of work to do tomorrow morning. But have a great night and uh, cheers.